Hey everyone, welcome to a segment that we're, we're kind of, uh, it's part of our Music Wednesdays, and so every Wednesday we uh, talk about one of the songs we're either singing up this upcoming Sunday, and this Wednesday we're kind of focusing on a hymn that's kind of a hymn of the month for us. We'll talk a little bit more about why we like this hymn so much, why we're um, choosing to focus on it, and this is all part of, we're connecting this now to what we call, we have something called the Growing Faith Podcast. And it's something that's been around for a few years. Jared and I have done some interviews. And what we're doing now is we're taking all of these little things we've done, whether it be our kind of discussions about um, our Bible reading or things like that, or the discussions we've had about songs, and incorporating all of those onto the Growing Faith podcast, which you can find, find on Spotify. Um, hopefully it'll be on the Apple Store soon and the most podcasting apps so this will also be able to be listened to in an audio format. This is kind of news to Jared and David James, too. They're, they're learning this for the first time, but working on consolidating all of that together um, through a, a cool app called Anchor, which is free, which is why we're able to do it. Free things are nice. Right. Yeah. But uh, we're talking about the song, And Can It Be? Um, and Jared, this hymn um, is one I've known and sung my whole life. But I attribute my love to the hymn largely to you, um, and so kind of can you awesome. can you share kind of yeah. your love for the song? Well, you know, this is a Methodist song, in that Charles Wesley wrote it. Um, so I can't say that I was extremely familiar with it growing up. Uh, we were typical Baptists, um, and of course we sang like oh four thousand tongues to sing, which is also written by them. Uh, we may not want to call that Methodist because it's such a good song. Um, <laughs> But I probably would argue the same about this song. Um, and I guess I discovered it when I went to seminary. And uh, back then uh, we had chapel and uh, it was not required. It was just it was just really good. So we all went. And uh, one of the fun things was congregational singing uh, with, at that time, mostly all men, very few women. Uh, it was before the college program started where the women came through. Uh, and it was um, enthusiastically sunk. Um, very traditional, but nothing like hearing hundreds of men <laughs> sing the song. Very theological. Um, there was some debate about it. Uh, the line about, should God die for me? Um, that uh, created a little bit of contra- controversy of the concept of God dying for us, for me. I think one professor rewrote it, so it said something like, Christ's son died for me, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the words of it, um, are outstanding uh, as far as theology and waking to the love of God and what he's done for us and so it just is filled with the grace of God and the response to it uh, with just this the phrase and can it be um, that I should gain an interest into my Savior's love and that that phrase is just filled with wonder um, and so I love the wonder of reaction to the gospel that I think is pretty powerful Mm-hmm. So it's always been in the back of my mind. Um, I hear it uh, when I hear it sung. I still bring you know hundreds of men singing it enthusiastically in the back of my ear. Um, and so when I'm singing it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to join in with the internal choir that's in my head. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a really good one to hear sung again, and with the hope that maybe our church can learn the words of this and love it too yeah it's uh and that, like for me when i was at the seminary it was it as well was kind of the big yeah. hymn that everybody whenever we sung that hymn it was just everybody just joined in with great gusto and it was just a, you know whenever i 
think of that song, that memory comes to mind for me. Uh, the biggest memory with Anne Can It Be, uh, it's a song that I was introduced to at a young age. I have vague memories of us singing it because I, I knew the song <laughs> before, like when we would talk about it. Um, but that was kind of, it was something that we sung in the early years and then probably went a large chunk of time without singing it, especially once we moved down to the South. Um, I don't think it was one that was in the repertoire of the church I went to very regularly. But uh, you and I had discussed the song at different times, and it's a song that, you know, brought back memories of that. But the most memorable for me was when we were in Haiti. And, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So we were, we were in Haiti, and we spent a week there with a bunch of the students, and we had probably like 20 or 30 people from our church down yeah. there working at the, uh, um, at the orphanage down there and helping out with running a soccer camp and some different things. And each night we would go to the church service at the church that was on campus. And they would have different services going on. I think there might have been something special that week where they... It's like a revival week. Yeah, it was like a revival week. And they brought in a guy that was kind of leading the worship. And we're not exaggerating. They sung the song, And Can It Be, for 40 minutes straight. It was impressively long. It was, yeah. it was very long. But what was so memorable to me is they kind of had their, their whole band set up. You know, but... The music never really changed. There wasn't a dynamic shift within the music at all, which is kind of the way a lot of times we use dynamics to kind of build up, you know, and to drive emotion a little bit. But what happened is that never changed, or maybe if it did change, it was very minor. But what happened is they went from the first time singing through, the first few minutes was everybody sitting. And then slowly people started standing up. And then slowly people started, like, raising their hands and really worshiping. And by the end of it, you had everybody, like, swaying and dancing. There was even some people, like, doing a little bit of dancing. Um, definitely dancing. Definitely That's dancing. That's dangerous, man. <laughs> <laughs> Creeping into the Pentecostal realm there. Right? Well, it was none of the well, white folks, so uh, no, it was okay. actually pretty good. Yeah, it was. It <laughs> so was they actually did a good job. Be stereotypical here. Right, and we were we were kind of, you know, watching this unfold. But what stood out was that it wasn't the music driving the emotions. Yeah. It was the lyrics. Was as the people were constantly reflecting on this. Because I think there's a substantial part where they were just singing Amazing Love, How Can It Be That Thou My God Should Stie For Yeah, it's very much so, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. so that was, that's like the key memory that comes to mind whenever thinking of this song. The other thing is that it took me a good 10 minutes for me to figure out what they were singing. Because <laughs> I, mean, I was like, this is so familiar to me and I can't place it. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere in the chorus, they're like, oh my goodness, and I... Because I knew they loved it, and then when I remembered, it was like, oh, well, here's why they love it, because it's a really good song. <laughs> right. so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember you, like, running over to me and being yeah. like, this ain't going to be, I'm like, I know! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, talking a little bit more about the song. So, David James, you're kind of new to the, the song. Kind of what's been your yeah. experience with it? So, again, you know, uh, it's actually been kind of cool since I've been on staff here at Green Pines. Um, a lot of these hymns that we've sung... Um, on Sunday mornings are hymns that I've learned along with the congregation, um, or at least some of the congregation members that maybe weren't familiar with some of these songs. Um, so that's been cool as I've been here to kind of grow in my knowledge of hymns of the faith. Um, and this song, absolutely no different. It's been really cool. Um, again, we sang this, we sung the song this past Sunday, which would have been May 16th. No, that's wrong. I'm a week off guys. That was May 9th. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. upcoming one will be yeah. May 16th yeah. I'm just getting ahead of myself <laughs> anyway um, so we sung this song and uh, again look for it in the future weeks to come we're going to keep on singing this song adding more verses uh, we only sung one verse this past Sunday but we're going to keep adding verses as we go um, I, I just want to kind of speak like you were talking about that chorus or that refrain I guess amazing love how can it be that thou my God shouldst 
No, I struggle with the ST on the end. Just, but anyway, die for me. Um, that re- you know kind of brings me to Ephesians chapter two. Um, you know, we're saved by grace through faith, and that's exactly what this song's saying. We are dead in our transpa- our trespasses and sins, in which we once walked. And then we go to verse seven. Look at this. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace, the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I mean, that that's the message that this song is communicating. Um, and, I mean, I really think it's important, as you were saying in that time when you're on that mission trip, where the words were carrying the emotions of these people. Um, the words, the, the meaning, the depth of what we're singing about in this song. Because um, I, I, I would say there's some worship songs where a lot of times, emotionally, and again, we can't always be tied to our emotions, we need to be tied to the truth of the gospel, but emotionally sometimes the music of a song might move us mm-hmm. you know that happens to me sometimes and then like you know i i'm like oh wow that's moving me musically and then then i'm thinking of the words well i think a song like this man the lyrics are going to move me and then the music comes after that yeah. um and they both work well together so i think there's an importance there on both me- lyrically and musically but um yeah it's just full of, of i'd like to read it okay and yeah. i'm going to try not to be Along with the music, I'm going to try to follow just the grammar cues. Yeah. And I'll see. I'll, I will inevitably fall into it, but I'll try. <laughs> and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain? Hmm. For me who him to death pursued? Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? He left his Father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love, and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all, immense and free. Oh, praise my God, it reaches me. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? No condemnation now I dread. Jesus, and all in him, is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. Behold, I approach the eternal throne, and claim the crown through Christ my own. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? So as you read that, Jared, yeah, you can't really separate the music from it sometimes. No, yeah. I mean, right. it's we're literally singing it. The phrases, as the parallel, yeah. Um, and I mean... What I noticed there, even more than I did, honestly, studying through the song to sing it this past Sunday, are these, like, qu- how many questions there are in it. Yeah. I mean, the whole song itself is, and can it be, a question mark. But, like, how many questions there are in there? I mean, a lot of times I think we're we're making statements uh, about, well, you know, excuse me, we're making statements, but, like... The whole verse verse are questions. Yeah. It's the a whole, it's a whole, yeah. And it's, it's causing this internal reflection of, exactly. in light of who I am, how can it be that you would do this for me? Exactly. You know, and it all builds to, you know, that third verse can be kind of like 
what's a quickening ray, you know, kind of like this kind of weird English, but it's all about this, my imprisoned spirit, it was in darkness, in death, in despair, and yet you gave this quickening ray or a light, which lit up the, the dungeon, lit up the truth, and I was able to walk into salvation, have that, receive that salvation through Jesus Christ. And it like, mm-hmm. it's this expression of the wonder, which I think sometimes gets lost in, yeah. in things. It's, it's causing us to pause and go, how amazing is this? What Christ has done for me. Um, and it, it continually leads on. So it starts off, you know, the second verse is largely, you can't hear that and not yeah. think of Philippians 2. Right, and yeah. the, the, um, what we call the self-kenosis, or the kenosis, or the <laughs> self-emptying of Christ in Philippians 2. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what he, he did and all working through towards the cross, what he did for us. And then that beauty of that last verse of no condemnation yeah. in my face. And that's, you know, Romans yeah. 8, 1 there. And, um, yeah, it's just... So it's, you know, it's, it's structured in such a way where verse one is the interrogatives, the wonder, like, can y'all believe this? And mm-hmm. it communicates beautifully the wonder through these questions. Verse two is what has been done, mm-hmm. what Christ yeah. has done. Verse three is the experience of it. All right. Now that's what Christ has done. Now I'm experiencing this. And then verse four is the implications. Like now that this is experience of my life, here's where I am at now. Mm-hmm. So this is wonder past present future and and that's why it's good to seeing all verses because there is a storyline when they write these things that sometimes we miss when we just say verse one or verse four or whatever it may be yeah. you know there's there's an intent in that but what's y'all's favorite phrase in this the quickening right <laughs> okay yeah the quickening right. I, I will say to you that when we that was at verse three the present reality long mind prison spirit of life fast bound and Sin of nature's night, thine eye diffuse a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flame with light. That's that's an awesome part right there. Yeah. That was yeah. me. I yeah. woke the dungeon flame with light. Yeah. So when we sang that in seminary, there was a huge energy release when we got to verse three. And we said that my eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. That phrase there, with, uh, my chains fell off, I rose. So there was a, a professor who was blind, um, but was extremely exuberant uh, in chapel when he could sense you know, the, the, the excitement there. And he would just kind of a hoop and holler <laughs> at that point. Which would then bring a crescendo of all these other men that as we were singing this, it was more than just expressions of testimony of this is what's happened to me. And we kind of reflect back to that moment when we saw things differently uh, because of Christ and uh, and then all the implications we experienced with it. So yeah, I think the emotional point is that point where my eye diffused a quickening ray, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, yeah. I think there's I think there's a practical challenge. To, to each and every one of us here. You know, again, I, I I keep on going back to that first verse with all the questions. Yeah. There's not, I don't think there's another worship song that I've ever led or, you know, sung that's got that many questions in a verse. Is he worthy? Okay, well, yeah, you're right. Okay, okay. Okay. on my parade. Anyway, but man, I, that's a challenge for me. I, I hope that's a challenge for y'all as well and those watching or listening to this podcast. Each morning, why don't we ask ourselves these questions? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we remind ourselves of the gospel? Um, 
because, man, even in the midst of ministry, in the midst of church activities, sometimes we can get so far left, and we just got to get centered on, like, okay, this is the point. This is the gospel message. Remind ourselves of the joy of our salvation each and every morning as we wake up. You know, the Lord's given us breath in our lungs to be able to proclaim that message to the lost and dying world. So, and, and again, not just to the lost in that world, but to other believers like we did and will continue to do on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah. a challenge, I really, I think so. so. And the other line that always sticks out for me is that last line of bold, I approach the eternal throne, and then the even more future aspect of and claim the crown through Christ my own. And there's this, obviously, this future one of being able to, when we see Christ, knowing that because of what Christ has done, we can have that faith in that Christ will be faithful to uh, mm-hmm. continue us on until the day of final salvation mm-hmm. in the life to come. But also there's this present reality of how we can boldly go to Christ because of what he's done mm-hmm. in our prayer, um, in our time of, um, in our needs and in our sufferings and in whatever may be coming in life. We can go to God with boldness because of what he's done. And there's that relationship now. And so we can go to him with our prayer life as um, confident in God's continue working in our life. Yeah. Well, that's an echo from Hebrews. I think it's chapter four, maybe. Maybe getting confused on that word. Boldly approach the throne of grace. Bro, boldly we can approach the throne of grace. Mm-hmm. So it's a, like this filled with scripture, which right. is part of the reason why it's so good. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, the word of yeah. God is being sung and just brought together, you know, in melody. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's power in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. We will not be singing it this Sunday. Now we're talking about we'll, we'll sing the, the few Sundays after that. And uh, it's a, a great hymn, and we're excited to continue worshiping with this hymn with you guys as a church family over the coming weeks, months, years, uh, rest of the church's lifetime. Decades, <laughs> centuries, <laughs> millenniums. Generation after generation. generation. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, look up the song on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look it up and read it yourself and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another plug, I mean, check out uh, our Green Pond Spotify account. Um, you know, we have a master list of songs that we lead, um, but we've also got a playlist each and every week for the coming Sunday. So um, this past Sunday's playlist hasn't been updated yet. Um, <laughs> it might be updated soon, but you can still find different versions of this song that we put on there for you to be able to listen to with your family in the car. Um Whatever you do when you listen, whatever, wherever you listen to music, yeah, um, cutting vegetables in the kitchen, you know. So, <laughs> absolutely. So in Christ, we're a family together. Love your neighbors near and far. Answer the message of the Savior sometimes by song. Mm-hmm. Doing it for the Lord. Not just on Sunday, but every day. So thank you guys for spending this time with us, and uh, we will talk to you guys.